and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'll be your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelists Michael Huber. Yo! Michael Damiani. Yo! And my 20 terabyte co-moderator, Daniel Bloodworth. <laughs> okay, hello. You're deep. You're deep, blood. There's a lot going on there. More than meets the eye. Distinguished guests, we are here to discuss some of the biggest headlines in the world of video games. But before we do that, we must first answer for all of the mistakes that we made last week. Daniel Bloodworth, begin corrections music, please. Boop. I was also in the Town and Gown episode of Fiascoknots. It's one of those things about Fiascoknots. You forget, forget which ones you were in. That was myself, Ian, and Kyle. Uh, Ogby Joanne is how Kyle's character's name was pronounced in his episode of Fiascoknots, that that character was in. Uh, Tell Me Why's Don't Nod's second most recent game, Twin Mirror, is the last one that they've developed. Uh, Sony announced PS Plus would be required for online multiplayer. Not very discreetly, they announced lots of other exciting things, but that was at E3 2013, not the PS4 reveal. I think we knew that, but maybe we just said it wrong. Might have been a little bit, might have been a little muddy. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, 100 million Xbox active users are not specifically gold subs, they're just Xbox customers. They are people involved in the ecosystem of the Xbox. And this is more of a clarification. I just just want to pat ourselves in the back. People were very impressed by our analysis of the GameStop uh, stock situation last week. They were, I believe essential was one of the things that I heard brought up a lot. So, and corrections music, please. Proud of is all of us. Is that sarcasm or is that real? <laughs> Honestly, there are, there are comments on both sides of that. Hubert, you have okay. opinions. So. Not, no, <laughs> not, not on the, the stock issue specifically. It was mostly positive. Best left Hubert, you unknown. Just, yeah, you really just got to tune in to the last episode. To, mm-hmm. to really that stock out. stuff, dude. I'm still confused. <laughs> Before we get into other major headlines we are drastically unqualified to discuss, let's start this on the right note with some good news. Something in video games that we can be proud of, a silver lining for this last week from Cabbage Lad. This week I realized that season two of Dead Pixels aired. What is Dead Pixels, you ask? It's a British sitcom that focuses on the obsession of three friends, Meg, Nikki, and Usman, for a fictional MMO called Kingdom Scrolls. The first season was rocky, but the second season's really come into its own, with references to Drake making the game viral, to one of my favorite jokes referencing Jonathan Blow. The writing is super sharp, witty, and clearly made by people who really get the experience of playing a video game and the culture surrounding it. I highly recommend it. With just six 20-minute episodes a season, it's easy breezy. In the UK, it's available on all four, and in the States, I'm told it's on The CW, Fubo TV, and AT&T Now. Don't skip. Always good for... Not like you need more shows to watch. <sighs> Especially I like the uh, I like those short commitments though, yeah. Jones. You know that seems like a, just a quick get in get out type. Yeah, it's like we argued whether Wandavision was six or nine episodes the other day. <laughs> oh I was like, Please boy. tell me it's six. Please tell me I'm almost done. <laughs> oh. New Wandavision tonight. The great Wandavision debate tonight for us, not tonight for listeners. Total War Warhammer Three was announced this week with a CG trailer. Huber, my favorite way to announce a trailer um this is a this is a very cinematic franchise so uh does not surprise me that it's a very cinematic trailer uh one that definitely helped reading headlines that are filling in what units i'm seeing what worlds i'm seeing there's a lot of 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 clashing just like dungeons and dragons there's lots of different worlds of warhammer um this is not just another sequel it's the quote from sega epic culmination of the total war warhammer (laughs) trilogy (laughs) nice culmination 
It feels like Warhammer's always culminating how oh, prolific okay. this franchise is. Oh, yes, which is why I'm bringing it up. Uh, we, we, none of us are, are that familiar with Total War or Warhammer, so I'm not bringing that up to specifically get into details about what we saw in that trailer. But I do want to talk about Warhammer a little bit. <coughs> Damiani's got an angle that he'd like to float before we're done with the topic. Uh, they're returning to the classic old world setting after focusing on Age of Sigmar, which is, again, one of those worlds. Um, and I just, it was fascinating when I saw this announcement because it's like, wow, you know, on one end, it's almost kind of like a joke how many Warhammer games are happening, but it's like, good for Warhammer. Like, I did some research. According to Games Workshop's website, there are 22 different Warhammer franchises. Oh, wow. They're just games, man. Different lines of Warhammer games splintering off in different directions. The following Warhammer games are all in development and all scheduled to launch in 2021. There is, of course, Total War Warhammer 3, uh, which is just coming out on PC. Total War Battles Warhammer, which will be on mobile. Uh, again, Sega but uh, and Creative Assembly, which is working on Warhammer 3, but uh, NetEase is uh, um, also helping with the development okay. there. Blood Bowl 3, which not a lot of people regularly associate with Warhammer. Oh. From Nacon and Cyanide Studio uh, on a bunch of different platforms this year. Warhammer Age of Sigmar Stormground uh, from Focus Home Interactive and Gasket Games will be this year. Also, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall, which is a VR game uh, from Carbon Studio. That will ah. be this year. Uh, another mobile game, Warhammer 40K Lost Crusade. And then, of course, the other one we could probably guess, Warhammer 40K Darktide from Fat yeah. Shark. Uh, PC yeah, and Xbox Series X uh, exclusive, also in 2021. So, yay, nice. Warhammer. <laughs> There's this, yeah. It's just, um, yeah, that franchise Huge is... Huge franchise. you got to be... I've only played uh, just, just a handful. Uh, Warhammer Online, when it launched... Back in the day, I absolutely loved that MMO. Just something about the orcs in the Warhammer universe are like some of my all-time favorites. Uh, just their their whole vibe and their their look. And then uh, one of my favorite swimming in sevens, Jones. You're talking about how many franchises there are within this. The Space Marine, right? Warhammer Ooh, 40k yep, yep, yep. Space Marine, one of my favorites. <laughs> um, and then of course Vermintide. But yeah, just mind blowing how many different genres and and places this franchise goes wasn't the warhammer mmo like wasn't it like you were they were constantly at war so like how much you were able to do in a region was dependent on whether you were winning yeah like, there was this like ongoing oh, huh. type yeah yeah i, I mean the, the thing to me uh and i know like you know ben's not on this week but he's really excited whenever uh the total war games come up uh, for for these last three warhammer games um but it's it's impressive to me just like how prolific creative assembly has been uh while still maintaining like such a high bar of quality like these last two games like i looked at their metacritic scores and like they were like 87 86 you know so well received and well liked uh among that fan base even though i'm pretty close to clueless on warhammer despite having seen it in magazines since i was a little kid Mm -hmm. yeah uh, I mean, that's a great point, Blood, because uh, the creative assembly, I think, has just been, like, knocking out of the park with not just Total War, the Warhammer adaptations, but just the Total War series in general. And the thing, obviously, not like, I'm like you, I don't really follow Total War, the Warhammer series, but this makes me, this made me ponder about the recent rumor that Microsoft is in the market to buy another big studio who, mm-hmm. you know, is on par with Bethesda. And a lot of people have been speculating that might actually be Sega because Sega recently split 
its gaming, it, the gaming divisions. It put PC and console games into a new division away from its pachinko, which might theoretically make it easier for a company to come in and buy them. Hmm. And Creative Assembly seems to be a perfect fit for something like Microsoft's portfolio. Never mind like being hmm. able to get like Yakuza. Like, Alien Isolation good, 2, baby! It, yes, <laughs> Alien Isolation. I mean, not to mention like the Japanese angle with like Sonic Persona from Atlas. But Creative Assembly, I think, is a like another one of those huge value propositions for them. And it just... Seems like it's making a lot of sense, potentially, if that comes true. But yeah, Creative Assembly just has proven themselves. I think that adds a lot of value to a deal like that. And if not, it's just... For Sega, it's one of the studios, I think, that goes unsung when it comes... When you think of, like, Sega. You don't think... Right. You don't go to Creative Assembly right away. Well, and I think even in terms of the communications, I think I get stuff about Creative Assembly from a different PR team. Like, you know, I think like Sega of Europe's PR team is basically handling all of that, hmm. while Sega of America is is doing Yakuza and Atlas and, and Sonic stuff. So yeah, it, it is weirdly split uh, how, how they handle and market everything. But at the same time, you know, I think it might be smart because they are hitting it out of the park with their audience, so. Um. Yeah, it uh, yeah, it's just again one of those things that um, you're either in or you're out. <laughs> I feel it's like you're either sure. the one the one thing that I am proud to learn. I remember when we were talking about we did the World of Warcraft retrospective was like how derivative, you know, Warcraft is something that I love and you know I think really holds its own. It has its own deep lore, but is like clearly borrowing a lot of themes like from Warhammer. It was something that they were like, oh, let's do a Warhammer thing. Oh, we can't do Warhammer. We'll do Warcraft. <laughs> still kicks its own amount of ass you know still still is, is very metal lots of big shoulder pads both in both franchises but they they do their own different things Huber we recently talked about Tencent it's nice to have you back in the podcast to talk about this because another yeah. uh, company that likes to acquire a lot of things and I think has a better name than Tencent when it comes to a company that wants to do that is the Embracer Group just likes to come, just scoop them up, just just get, just they want to have this, the industry in a big, in a big name, bear right? hug. Yeah, you know, it's like, don't worry about us dropping a couple bill here and there. We're the Embracer Group. Um, for yeah, it, it rolls off the tongue a little easier than THQ Nordic AB, which is what they are previously known as. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it was, they were, it was kind of like, oh, this THQ Nordic is coming out and buying a couple, you know, companies. It's going to be interesting to see what they do and. If they, you know, hold on to some of these franchises, if they repurpose them, but uh, um, they are spending quite a bit. Uh, they just recently bought Easy Brain, which uh, they'll become the th uh, Easy Brain will now become the third largest shareholder in Embracer overall. Uh, they also huh. uh, they acquired Easy Brain, which is a mobile game developer, for six hundred forty mil. Um, they also acquired Aspire. Uh, through Saber Interactive, technically Saber Interactive acquired Aspire, but Saber Interactive is owned by the Embracer Group for 100 mil. Um, and Aspire's been working on stuff owned by 2K Games, which is hilarious because 2K Games has also been working a lot with Gearbox. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. And Embracer bought Gearbox for $1.378 billion. So that's almost two bill that they dropped on these three companies. <sighs> Man. Yeah. When you talk about 1.3 bill, Huber, it's like, what's 100 mil? You know, it's like 100 mil. I like, know, right? <laughs> not a drop in the bucket but like when you're dealing yeah. with billions like. what i think i don't know the details so i don't mean that i don't want to get like a half correction but i think that there was like some something about it where it's like 
the way the deal is, is like it's not all cash. It's like a part of it's cash and a part of it's something else that adds up to the one point three billion somehow. It's yeah. It's like it's like time off for best behavior. It's like they, you know they they were going to get a minimum amount of a certain amount of money, and then depending on performance, that number will go up. I think that is the safest way I can explain that without yeah getting Man. a correction. Don't give me specifics. That's not what we're here to talk about. I saw the the Randy Pitchford quote describing it like a rocket booster for Gearbox. That's what he said, yeah. Oh, sure. Yep. Yep. Oh, funny. It it does (laughs) make me wonder, though, because as you mentioned, 2K, like, does 2K. They clarified. Borderlands? Yes, they clarified this, actually. Okay. So they're. Sorry, I looked into this. Uh, in the press conference, Embracer stated that they'll still be working with 2K Games regarding Borderlands. 2K Games already released a statement saying that they will remain the publisher and that the merger doesn't change their business relationship with Gearbox. And they, I guess they assert, 2K asserts they're the IP owners of Borderlands. Got so it. apparently that's not changing the situation with Borderlands whatsoever right now. Right. And Embracer also group also said, yes, that is true. We That is how it will remain right now. But... This is, it, now that's everyone, man, everyone's just buying up everyone. It feels I know. like it's a, it, we're it's in like the a, era of acquisitions, man. Gold rush, yeah, yeah. It, it makes me uncomfortable. I me really, too. I really would prefer more studios to be more independent, you know. And so it's funny because yeah. it's like it makes you start wondering, like, okay, who's left, right? Yeah, like, and, and competition. Bungie, I guess, is independent right now, but. Yeah. I yeah. guess there's Codemasters uh, deal has been going yeah. through, so that's about right. to about finalize. And we don't update, I don't update on a lot of that stuff on this podcast just because it's like, that's of course through lots of different procedures and, you know, approvals from, from different companies and stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. none of that but is yeah, final. But the Codemasters board just approved the mm-hmm. sale. So yeah. Yeah. How long these will take? I guess there's a silver lining to this. I mean, it's funny. We went from a Sega story and now to a Gearbox story, you know, given they have a unpleasant, little bit of an unpleasant history with uh, aliens, colonial marines. Well, yeah. And, uh, and, and Randy, I mean, they're not related here, but like Randy Pitchford has been in like hot water more than a few times. And yeah. there's a bit of a dark cloud hanging over Gearbox. So the silver lining is maybe this acquisition will, he, Pitchford will have to answer to someone above him. So <laughs> maybe some of that stuff gets like, put in like things are put back in line and you know becomes a more amicable working situation there at gearbox well that's that's what i want to talk about uh in or what i think is fascinating about this because whenever you have an acquisition you get to know really the value of a company or the perceived value of a company whether it just be them or the people that uh, want to acquire them 2019 gearbox earned 125 mil in revenue uh they have a 550 person team um, as we mentioned, you know, they've been working with 2K a lot on the Borderlands franchise. Um, but, Damiani, you, you brought up something else. Obviously, Borderlands is massive. That's always successful. they got a movie coming out, uh, which we talked about last week. Um, but at the same time, these are the people that made Aliens Colonial Marines. These are the people that made Battleborn. Yep. Um, uh, oh, yeah, Battleborn also, just Battleborn. ended, yeah. They also have a... Hey, pour one out for Battleborn. They also have a strictly publishing division... And they've published four games so far, and three of these games. The one that they published that's that's done well is Risk of Rain Two. It's reviewed well. Yeah. Um, I think that is a, a a franchise we can get behind. There are other three games. We Happy Few did not not done as well it's as I think okay. they were. Yeah. Uh, Hello Neighbor like, did not review well. Uh, that does not matter. Hello Neighbor is a gigantic success among t- like the kids and stuff. Yeah. It, but it is. Hello it does, Neighbor. It doesn't is, matter what that review was. Is yeah, a it brand. Really uh, and Godfall. 
<laughs> so it's yeah. and and with 2K saying like, well, wait, 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 you know, um, uh, you know, uh, Borderlands Zour thing. It's just interesting, like what what embracers really buy in here? Like what are yeah. they? Duke Nukem now too. Is there so again? You're, these are not. Yeah. not rattling what? off. They, they published that uh, Bulletstorm re-release, right? That was a solid re-release. I will yeah. say that that was competently remastered. Absolutely. And then they uh, they did the Brothers in Arms, but that one oh, crazy Brothers one. Arms, dude, right. bring it back, Bloodworth. So yeah, well, they maybe... were they were doing that crazy spinoff one, but it, like we never mm-hmm. saw it after a while. Hell's Highway. Or yeah, is I that, think that was yeah. it. Um, so is, yeah, is there new IP Jones, incoming or what? Are they Brothers in Arms coming back? What's happening, Huber? Jones, I'm glad you said this because the very first thought when Damiani said that 2K was still holding on to Borderlands is like, well, where's the value here? How are we? How are we at a billion? Because yeah, a lot of these games you mentioned um, aren't aren't critical darlings. But then Bloodworth, like you said, does it even matter? It's just the aura that that Hello Neighbor gives off. It's big. Mm-hmm. It was big for a while. Um, so it's yeah, just yeah. But like, I don't I don't think that they I don't think that they're they own Hello Neighbor. I think they might have just like done like a publishing or distribution deal. Yeah, it's just publishing. And that's the thing. Gearbox Mm -hmm. is a lot of different stuff. Gearbox is development. It's technically the Gearbox Entertainment Company that was purchased. And so, you know, they're they're working on the movie that's coming out. They're working on all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Borderlands. Because I think Tiny Build is still, (laughs) yeah, it looks like Tiny Build is still doing Hello Neighbor stuff. I just, I wonder if there's, you know, like we were saying, Borderlands for now is not really like changing hands or whatever. Um, I wonder if there's like you know, years from now in the contract yeah. where it's like it, the, some of the rights and the profits revert to uh, Embracer, because you would think that the majority of Gearbox's value has to be Borderlands. It's it. I feel like it's bigger than everything else they have right. combined. But he also said things are going to take. You know, there's the rocket ship analogy. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Right. rocket booster. I love I love the smiling <laughs> Pitchford and all the headlines, just like. You know, with his, with his money, he's having a good week. Payday. Um, yeah. So is does that mean that you know again it's like does does Borderlands need that sort of rocket propulsion or is there something again they want to bring back some kind of reinvestment they want to do in an IP they already have or something that they haven't announced yet that um, the, the the development's on a much faster track now. Yeah. That I think the embraced. best. Jones, I feel like the best thing they could do for for personal reasons, and I think it would be good optics. You try again, you go Aliens, Colonial Marines 2. <laughs> or like, or just another Alien game. Try to do it right this time, you know, as a, as a, as a make good <laughs> for that disaster. What do you think? Do you think it's possible? Anything's possible here, right? The, the yeah. Gearbox revisits Aliens. Anything, yeah. Anything on a good day is possible. When you start talking about it, the stock goes up. <laughs> There are other there are other metrics and other levels beyond that, but uh, if they if word's gonna get out that you mentioned that on this podcast, yeah. So other things that Embracer groups got they've got Saints Row, Goat Simulator, Dead Island, Darksiders, oh yeah, Metro, MX versus ATV, Kingdoms of Amalur, Time Splitters, Satisfactory, Wreckfest, Insurgency, and World War Z, amongst many others. Fifty-seven internal names. studios. 57. Wow. And Embracer Group. That's a big hug. Wow. Yeah. But this is their, like, their, their, their like most high profile, I think, acquisition so far. This is a pretty big. That's a big sum of money. That's a big, mm-hmm. a big group yeah. that. But I'm, I just bring that up to things. say that, like, 
even though like some of those franchises actively have teams already working on them, like they have a big well that Gearbox could now tap into. Yeah, because was it the 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 was the CEO Lars? Uh, sorry if I get their name wrong. Lars Wingifers. I don't think that's how you pronounce their last name. The CEO of Embracer Group was saying that they basically think their resources are going to allow Gearbox to grow. I think they are thinking of new IPs and new yeah. games that they're going to be able to make from them. And they cited both like their mm. Austin and their Quebec studio that they're getting um, as part of the like they're diversifying their studio profile. So it sounds like they have. It sounds like despite Borderlands already having a seller thing, they have big plans for them to make other franchises that will become just as big, I think. I think their goal is to have something as big or bigger than Borderlands at some point, and that will be their value. In that board, like, I know you're speculating, Huber, that maybe Borderlands reverts back, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know enough about that. And I just mm-hmm. don't, the 2K probably sees too much value in that to let that go, maybe. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Are there? Uh, yeah, are what the pre-seek was made by uh, 2K Australia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Bloodrith, you reviewed Borderlands 3, right? Yeah. Uh, are there any like dimensional rifts or like other timelines or anything uh, in that game? Do you remember? Nothing in terms of timelines. I mean, there's okay. definitely like some portal business going on. Okay. So you know, my mind always goes to like shared universes. It's so trendy nowadays. So <laughs> you start bringing in. These other properties you guys were mentioning, you know, that stuff is not crazy to think about yeah. in this day and age. It's very, it's standard now, it feels like. Because we are still relatively in, like, the DLC era of Borderlands 3, right, Blood? Like, those are probably still... Yeah, gonna, yeah, I think there's still stuff that's Those are still going to trickle out, so... I don't know, I wouldn't be surprised if Gearbox comes out strong with some crazy new thing and, uh, in 2022, or maybe gets announced near the end of this year and comes out. Just seems like something's in the totally. works. It does, This yeah. doesn't seem like a... A pitch or like a bulletin board or something that was worth one point three seven eight billion dollars. Like, like, like hey, something we're they, they were too. they were all they were doing and and potentially packing themselves for. Uh, yeah. But seeing a lot of seeing a lot of insiders in the industry that they're like, finally, you know, like this was apparently something that Gearbox was was trying to do for a while. And so I, and I know that like we've happy. all been, you know, had our fun poking at at Battleborn, but like, it really was that like just off the mark kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like it, it it was a game that could have potential it's you know it's and, and then once overwatch got announced it was like well this is the good version of what <laughs> gearbox just right. showed and everyone just like you know went it went with overwatch and and but it's funny because in its own way it sort of was forward thinking you know it it just basically didn't get out ahead of the competition yeah fun scale in that game too many red crystals it's too many red crystals man red crystals all over the place great criticism gents love it thanks i agree i agree 100%. <laughs> thanks we get to do something in this podcast tonight that i love to do it's a it's something that doesn't doesn't happen often. Sometimes I do, and I don't really feel great about it. I feel fantastic about both of these headlines we will cover tonight. We get to make fun of Amazon and Google. Oh, yes. <laughs> Coming for the big ones. Because both of them uh, are fouling up pretty hard and uh, are trying to just dust it off and just kind of stroll back into the, into the casino like nothing happened. Uh, let's start off with Google, shall we? Um, Stadia shut down their internal studio, Stadia Games and Entertainment. It's gone. Uh, Making sta- games is hard, huh? 
and it's it's tough. It's expensive. Um, and it, this is really unfortunate because, as you guys know, Stadia Games and Entertainment is is have been a mainstay in this industry for decades. It's been around for a really really long time. It feels odd, you know, after generations and generations to finally say goodbye. It's kind of like when you said goodbye to Lucas Arts, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just oh my gosh, a little bittersweet. Um, they almost made two years actually. Uh, SG&E, um, uh, it was two years ago in, in March of 2019 that uh, uh, Vice President Jade Raymond jumped on board, um, and uh, apparently they have 150 developers that have been impacted by this move, and we don't know how many of those are going away. Uh, they said they're going to try to reposition those people at Google, but who knows how. Putting that number out Fruitful. there just after we heard about the Gearbox number kind of shows that like. Yeah, they weren't invested, were they? Like, if Gearbox Ex- has, like, 550 developers, you yeah. know? Oh, and, yeah, and I know that. Google was just like, here's 150 people to support mm-hmm. our entire platform. That seems like a good amount to work on, like, one game, though. Like it, big, that's a, one that's big game. amount for, I mean, Solid. it was two studios. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, they were probably working on two kind of, yeah. you know, decent games. But it, it just... It, it it just reflects the the broader picture of like what were you even thinking? Yeah. What you were even it's doing, re- Google. Yeah. I agree with you, Bloworth. This really feels like Google didn't fully think out this plan. They just went with something that sounded good. Oh, we're gonna make an internal game studio and then only to find out later, yo, as I said, making games is hard and maybe it would have been better to go after established studios or partner with other developers for games which you know <clears throat> the other studio we might talk about might oh, be the nice. the subject of that but y- yeah the, the, it just fa- falls into google's mo of let's try out stuff and if it doesn't work oh well you know we just close it down and shutter mm-hmm. it it's we got a lot of money to throw up this and i it i think so many of us saw the writing on the wall from day one that like you could just like feel that in their their atmosphere what they're presenting they're putting on a good marketing face but there's no substance here where you, 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 you i don't think you really understand what you're getting into google yeah so it's like march 2019 they announced stadia november 2019 they launched stadia and now february 1st 2021 they're like and eh, now we're not going to do our own games but we're still that's the funny thing is like we're committed to the future of cloud gaming. I'm like, yeah. you're not showing it, so I don't understand. I mean, yeah, it's like the most obvious thing, because like, li- listen, like streaming games or cloud gaming is going to be one of the pillars of this industry in, in, in the near future. So Google is in the right with that. It's just, you know, as I said, they didn't fully grasp the magnitude of what they were trying to tackle. And as we've seen, it clearly looks like Microsoft and Sony are just in better positions to to tackle cloud gaming because they've been at it for much longer. They put in the right. time, they put in the research, and I think that Sony and Microsoft are definitely going to be the leaders in cloud gaming in this decade. But, you know, there's always room for a third. So, you know, maybe Google gets back in there, but they just haven't demonstrated to someone like me that they, they, they fully grasp this situation. It was, it was a, the classic example of just like, we have unlimited money. Let's do what they're doing. Let's do that. Like we can just just copy them. Throw a bunch of money yeah. at it and see what happens, and maybe know, we dude. can get into this piece of pie, 20, this business. Twenty three months worth of money, I guess. <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty far from unlimited money. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I, I really think in over that you know, like if Google really wanted to stay in the game and keep this thing going, like. What they're going to need to do is, you know, 
something more creative, which I don't know that they have in them, you know, <laughs> because I think like if they if they somehow like made Stadia a part of a standard game purchase, maybe it could only work on a PC game or whatever. But like if you sit, you know, say if you bought Assassin's Creed Valhalla and it's also quote unquote powered by Google, sort of like, well, you can download it to your PC, but if you don't have access to your PC, you can just, you know, click a button on a browser somewhere else and keep playing your game. Rather than being a separate purchase mm -hmm. and a completely different storefront, Terrible. you know, and trying to sell subscriptions and all that stuff, like it, it needs to become like, yeah. like a development tool type of thing. Because like when the whole, the whole Epic store, like, shouldn't they have known? Like people don't like other stores Store or like, or like spreading their games across multiple storefronts. Very so true. So I think you're. Oh, so I right. mean, Epic's a different story though. Like I, I think Epic knew how tough that fight was going to be, and they like put their yeah. helmets yeah. on yeah. and their mouth yeah. guard in. Yes. And, like, they went running. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the difference. Sorry, though. we got yeah. free games. We got exclusives. <laughs> like they're they're playing it the way that Google like very much did not. Ex yeah, they understood the scope, but also Huber, like not just storefronts and what you're talking about blood with uh, the plans. I think the other hurdle that I don't know if they're ever going to be able to get over is just signing these games on. We've seen other streaming services like uh, NVIDIA's one run into those issues where, hey, these games, the, all these third parties like, wait a second, you can't play these games on your service. Where are these deals? And... Microsoft already is like trying to strengthen its own service with Game Pass. Like, we, I don't see them finding the value in being on, on Google. So they're going to have to go the, 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 the pot smaller for them of who they're able to go after. And I just don't know if they're going to have the value there at the end of the day. Because you're going to see that with streaming services with movies, like the fights going on and people want their things back on their own catalog. I think Google is just going to be, I think they were too, also a little bit too late with their idea with what they're trying to do as well. I, and I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know what they can like. They can really do. I, I honestly, I think unless they throw a, I mean, throwing money is not the right answer. I just think they're out of the game. Honestly, I don't want to say never is never, but I personally think Google's out of the game at this point. Like they're well, not coming back. Well, what Phil Harrison wants to do, he said, they're, you know, they're not going to be. Um, we've decided we will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team, SG&E, beyond any near-term planned games. So there might be. Stuff that's happening near term, but they haven't. Oh, that's they, true. But they haven't really announced anything yet. What they want to do, Damiani, what Phil wants to do, is sell the Stadia tech. So if you're a publisher that wants to get in the streaming game and you don't want to develop your own thing, come on over and take the Stadia stuff. You buy in? Would you buy in to stay? Because their their business model in terms of game development is laughable. But uh, at least from our perspective, people who don't develop stuff. Uh, but from the actual tech of it running like you know i see a lot of people pointing out like cyberpunk ran pretty well on mm -hmm. a destiny had some you know some fun functionality like there are there have been success stories in Hitman, terms of, i think did some cool stuff too there have been yeah. success stories with just in terms of just how it runs so i wonder even with all of these flubs if you know some people might adopt that if that might be their win that they're like hey come on and jump yeah, on. maybe yeah, but it is That's becoming a tech. much more crowded space you know as mm -hmm. domino was saying yeah. it's like You've got Luna, you've got Parsec, you've got Nvidia, you've got XCloud. It's, you know. Sorry, XCloud is what I meant to say, not Games Pass. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing is XCloud is part of Game Pass Ultimate, so it is Game Pass, really, realistically. Right. So. It's all Game Pass. Blood, I can't believe you've gotten this far without saying your favorite quote <laughs> from Stadia, from a oh. source familiar with Stadia, according to Kotaku. Shall but, I read it? 
I'm, yeah, you're, I'm drawing a blank on what it was. Google was a terrible place to make games. Imagine Amazon, but under-resourced. <laughs> <laughs> ouch, 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 ouch. That's the segue we need, I guess. Yeah, oh, jeez. I love those familiar sources. Um, I also am just curious what's going on with Jade Raymond. You know, she... Uh, it's been bouncing around. You know, she was yeah. at. You know, uh, we. You know, I. I first discovered her Assassin's with the Creed. Assassin's Creed, obviously, and she helped develop that franchise. Then moved over to EA, and then you know was here for less than two years. And her quote was interesting that actually came a little bit later uh, in Kotaku's reporting. I am proud of the team we built at Stadia Games and Entertainment and the groundbreaking work on exclusive games for the platform. It was a difficult decision to take on a new opportunity, and I will be forever grateful to this team for everything we learned and achieved together. I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, but it sounds like her leaving might have kind of been snowballed a lot of this stuff. Or like, like she's wording that in a way where she's like, well, I'm, I'm mm. taking on a new opportunity, not like it's being shut down. I don't have a job. I'm going to go do something else. And granted, there may potentially be games that they haven't announced yet that she could still, you know, oversee. Um, sure. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder if like, yeah, if she, she made the call like, look, guys, like this isn't working you need to shut this down. And by the way, I got a job I'm leaving next month. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe it's similar, uh, you know, to what we'll hear about with Amazon, you know, that maybe the people in charge were not listening to the people who actually know about making games. Yeah. And that, that butting of heads said, you know, Jade probably maybe read the writing on the wall and said, peace out. Like, you, this is a disaster. You're heading for a disaster. I'm out of here. Like, you, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, maybe that, not even disaster. Maybe just like nothing got done. That too. I can see that too. Of just like, what are we actually doing here? You know, the year goes by and you just don't really have any concepts or anything developed. Or whatever concepts they do come up with, like somebody shuts down because it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't know how profitable we do or whatever. Yeah. 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 I just, it's unfortunate. It's just, I feel like it's worse. For for someone like Amazon, I don't know if it's okay to start segueing into Amazon yet. Almost. I did. Almost. Okay, I'll hold, I'll hold okay. it then. I think, what, is I think, it? what is it? Yeah, it, it's, it's unfortunate just because, like, the history. Amazon has a longer history trying this. And oh, yeah. I think their, their, their shortcomings are a little bit more profound than, than, than Google's. Well, like, Google, you know, has, you know, like, the, the, their VP, Jade Raymond, who's really kind of overseeing a lot of these things, speaking on behalf of the company other than Phil, who's still there. Uh, whereas with Amazon, it's like you have a lot of cooks in that kitchen, you know, that we haven't really had any, you know, high profile game announcements from Stadia for we have had exclusive stuff to Stadia, but nothing from SG&E specifically, whereas like there is a huge laundry list of, you know, starts and stops at uh, Amazon Game Studios. And we will get there to uh, in, a, in just a second. James Anderson, in love and respect, um, assumed we would be covering this this week and asks, mm. Do you think we'll ever see a full-blown AAA game that can only exist on a cloud streaming platform? And if so, how long will it be before it happens now? Define only exist on cloud gaming like that. Either something kind of that either something that one of these companies like, I guess it would pretty much have to be you know Luna or Stadia, um, because you know if Xbox Sorry, does the, that, you're the question reads like the only possible that tech. So I'm like, what would... Or only on it. That yeah, will yeah. only exist, yeah. yeah. If you mean exclusive to I it... I wouldn't then, say it would be only possible, because yeah. I don't know there's anything that... The great, the great white yeah. whale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, one of these companies being like, this is our thing. Our Halo. Our God I'm sorry, War. I just don't know. Other people have tried getting big fish. Like, they've gotten the whale to try and sell their platform to make it viable. Uh, Mixer 
getting a ninja and like that not working out. Like it sometimes it doesn't matter. The better product or the product that the consumers want always wins out. It doesn't matter what you put on there. You you can pay a lot of money in marketing to get attention and, and make that a big thing and make it a tent pole. But at the end of the day, like the service has to be good. It has to be what actually consumers want to adopt. And you can't force something like that. So mm-hmm. obviously cloud gaming, I think, is going to succeed I, in that regard. I think anything is a little too soon for that. I think in a few years, that might be possible, especially if a new player wants to come in. Like, let's say Google got in in a few years from now and it had like that. Like, let's say they got GTA 6 as an exclusive on Stadia. And that was like how Stadia was announced. That would actually be a big deal and might oh have God. a chance. But I don't think be a lot of outrage, too. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get that. Yeah. But I don't know. I won't say never, but it seems like a very it doesn't seem very likely. How much does Ubisoft like Stadia? Would they be willing to hand off Riders Republic? <laughs> Ubisoft to totally would be the one to get into bed with Stadia. Totally. But no, they've already. I mean, they are. They, like all they've that done no, I mean, Stadia like, stuff. They've done Luna way, stuff. Yeah. Like with with that kind of exclusive thing you were talking about, Jones, or something like yeah. that. I could see it being Ubisoft. Bezos is out. You've <laughs> <laughs> been waiting to say that. He's out. He's gone. <laughs> Whether that is, it, I, I, I want to think there's a connection to games. You know, I want to think that just that there's, where, yeah, you know, <laughs> Jason Schreier got Bezos fired. That's the narrative that I'm going with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. We weren't sure how powerful he was. Now oh, all this man. stuff, all this stuff is happening uh, side by side. But uh, Jason Schreier and Priya Anand uh, had a, a, a big story, a really wonderful reporting over at Bloomberg. Um, uh, just a, a, dra- a piece just absolutely dragging Mike Frazzini, who is uh, behind yeah. Amazon Game Studios. Uh, the man who says that every game that they make needs to be a billion-dollar franchise. <laughs> it's always good. I remember, it's, it reminds me of when we were at Viacom. People were like, like in the early days of game trailers, it's like, can we make a viral video? It's like, yeah, let me just, I'll be right back. <laughs> let me just go. <laughs> I'll bring one in tomorrow. And we'll go, we'll blow up. We'll go big. Um yeah, Amazon Game Studios has had a very rocky past, but uh, as Jason Schreier loves to bring to light, it's often much worse than we could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, Damiani, you were chomping at the bit to talk about this. I got lots of notes. Yeah. But, uh, how, Sorry, how are you it feeling? Just, it just speaks to when you put people in charge who aren't actually game developers, who don't have a game development background. This is like, what else do you expect most of the time when you put a, a suit in charge here? Right. You need I mean, somebody, yes. you need somebody like, smart just, like Randy Pitchford. Like... Okay, okay, Jones for Brandon. <laughs> Brandon? <laughs> I mean, it's like my parents. Ta- like, like, Brandon? Like, it's not for lack of talent either. I mean, when they kickstarted this whole initiative, we got what? Kim Swift from Portal, Clint Hawking from Far Cry 2. They bought Double Helix after the success of Killer Instinct. Oh, they announced yeah. those three games at TwitchCon Breakaway, Crucible, New World. Two of those got canceled. Crucible as early as last year, and I played New World. I don't know if the other allies like it. I thought it was trash, and a lot of MMO Kristen streamers. And really like it. A, a, a I think lot it looks of, really cool too. A lot of big streamers I follow thought yeah. it was just not viable and did not like it. So it's yeah. not going to take off. And the, so, what do they have to show for this? And I, 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 like this is, I think what you what you get. I mean, I think Amazon might have been. Obviously, Amazon seems like a lot more serious than Google, and I think they're in this for the long haul. But like, I am when I think of the prospect of Amazon or Google being in, like a, a, an industry leader in this, I just get like terrified. Especially when like the stories come out that they're also potentially in bidding wars because you said they're abandoning kind of their internal studios. 
What if they go for partners and third-party studios and start gobbling up those? I don't want to see that either. That sounds like a nightmare scenario. Like mm-hmm. I, all the negativity, like Activision, EA, Microsoft, whatever gets, I'd rather one of those studios take over any other game studio than Amazon or Google because that would be like a nightmare scenario <laughs> for me. Because, yeah, as Jason Schreier said, it's like Frazzini was the problem. And honestly... This is like, I hate, I'll wrap this up real quick, sorry. I, this like, I even feel like this about Nintendo. Love it. Iwata was a uh, president who had a game development background. You saw something like the best games come out under his watch and be approved, as opposed to like when you get someone like a, a Furukawa who's a suit. And there's an interview between Bang Dynamco's Harada and uh, Monolisasa Takahashi, where he talked about there was a phase at Nintendo where he sent like a bunch of game ideas in, and Nintendo only approved Xeno, like a more recent Xenoblade. Because, you know, it wasn't game developers in charge. It was, like, people in suits who care about marketing. I I feel companies are at their best, and historically have been at their best, when they're led by people who are passionate about the games and developers first. Not about the bottom line and pleasing investors. And Amazon is all about pleasing investors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, like, those Bezos bucks before Bezos is gone. Well, that's a a big... Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of uh, Trier's article is... You know, he's talking about how they would get this top talent, but then they'd still expect them to look at things the Amazon way. And it's just like, you know, like you can't develop a game just entirely based on metrics and, you know, and conversion rates and all of this type of thing, you know. And and they talked about uh, Lumberyard, which is funny because like that really reminds me of uh, Frostbite at EA. Yeah. You know, like everybody is battling this engine rather than, you know, just using something that works. And they're talking about people are basically like, you know, they've, they've got to wait for things to compile or process or whatever. So they're just wasting time, like doing something on the side while their computer. Sources is said, like, quote, it is killing this company. Yeah. The, th- the the literally the, the the software that makes stuff is We've, killing yeah. it. How many times but have it, engines killed companies, man, or yeah. caused yeah. so much mm-hmm. hardships? Come Sometimes, on. But it yeah. but it just like the 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 bottom line is that they seem out of touch, right? Like even with New World, it's like they were out of touch. That like oh, people might see this as being a, like a racist depiction of Native mm-hmm. Americans. Yeah. Like yeah, like you didn't you didn't think about that. You didn't you, weren't, you didn't see that as a potential problem. You know, like that's one of the first things that sort of comes to mind and i you know i guess they re- addressed that and mm-hmm. did mystical monsters or whatever but it's just it's like man like why are you <laughs> why are you heading up this stuff rather than like letting your developers um like actually develop games and it also sounds like there's other things in there too with like there's just like lack of incentives and so like people you know, people would rather, you know, they, they would do better just to, like, stay quiet and not raise objections to keep their jobs um, rather than, you know, try to fight the system and make a better game. Yeah, apparently, uh, I want to oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, just apparently bonuses were based on uh, how long you were in the company and not success of game sales. So it's like they were focused more on keeping <laughs> yeah, their jobs and actually, like, getting games out and having games mm-hmm. sell well. Yeah, just to. I feel like they're going to live or die by a new world. If this game is a hit, you know, it'll it'll raise them up. But if this thing fails, like, what is the future of Amazon Game Studios? What if New World comes out and it's a flop? Like, what happens? I mean, 
Well, it sounds like what happens is that they just move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah they're spending yeah. 500 mil a year. They just I know, feel like spend Amazon, 500 mil more. Yeah, Amazon, I think, is more likely to start trying to buy more studios to 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 shore up their their their, their talent like their offerings for Luna. I mean, they, their next phase would probably be like let's let's find something that's huge. Imagine if Amazon buys Sega, and now all that stuff is exclusive to Luna. You talked about like the outrage. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I talked horrible. about the outrage of like GTA and like like that. Yeah. Like yeah, the equal the outrage for that. That's that. That's I don't want that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like those games being available on as many platforms. But this is when it comes to cloud gaming and trying to shore up your service. If they're trying to bolster Luna, this is the strategy they're thinking of because they're already in that war with streaming with with, uh, with the, their other streaming platforms like Amazon Prime Video. They they, they know what they need to do. So. Obviously, ex- that's how it was. It's like make catalogs, and then you work with other studios to make exclusive shows on your platform. Like you know, like the Expanse or what was the the Man in the High Castle was another mm-hmm. like critically oh, yeah. acclaimed one. Mm-hmm. They might start the going that way with. Uh, sorry, the Wilds. The yeah, the Wilds, the other <laughs> one. Now <laughs> they start doing that with games. You know, they start working with you know hey, these these companies. They maybe do that. I don't know. I mean, I know. <sighs> Ah, uh, sorry. I just get like worked up about like thinking about Amazon because like when it comes to like, I think games is a different thing. Movies have been around for so much longer. I think they're a little bit better understood, mm-hmm. and I think that the, the the people who work there might understand better. I think gaming is a whole different beast, yep. and I think a lot of these entertainment experts who like oh, I'm just gonna cross over because Frazzini has a background in pub- book publishing before he went to games. I was looking up on his like LinkedIn profile, according to his own pl- profile. That's where he worked in. Like, oh, I know publishing. I know how to do a, be a publisher and stuff. It's like games is a whole different set of yeah. rules. And I, I don't think people really understand the, the, the gravity of what they're getting into when they get into games development. I, I, I will say just looking at the game and not all this like backdoor sh- business, all this stuff, the idea of a brand new MMO always, always, I mean this with 100% certainty and passion, it always excites me. Oh yeah, I love this, MMOs, man. Yes, I love it. Like World of Warcraft I, 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 and I put Final MMOs Fantasy. Down like a drug, dude. I was like, yes, I gotta back dude. away from this genre. <laughs> World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy have this market completely, like, completely dominated. Yeah. So I, Impact. I, yeah, and so I think like focusing on trying to break into that is not that dumb of a move. I know they they dominate the market. But really, there's not much other competition other than those big heavy hitters. Um, and those games are so old. Brad and I always joke around, yeah, we love World of Warcraft and their expansions, but like, holy shit, that game is old. And like, the art style's great, but like, dude, it's not the best looking game. Yeah. You know, and then you see something like New World and it like looks great visually. <laughs> Yeah. I think it looks cool. I didn't think it looked very good. Compar- I mean, comparatively, stuff like, like RuneScape and EverQuest is like still rocking. So to the yeah, yeah. So to to a lot of the you know the diehards, it's you know visual I, style performance has so very little to do with it. If I'm if I'm embedded yeah. in a community that I mm-hmm. love, you know, doesn't matter. I get everything. And you're just the idea here. and the idea too of like a new MMO economy, player housing, like these groups kind of banding together. Uh, it like the the outline for new world still has me excited whether that will land and all come together in a satisfying way is still yet to be seen i know they've delayed it a bunch of times whether that's for 
you know, mishandling development or reevaluating it and like retooling it. I know they've made big changes to their open world PvP. Um, I, I'm still, I'm not going to, I refuse to write New World off just yet. I'm totally writing it off. <laughs> I, I think they might still continue to support it. I think it might get a following, but like a hit? No. Like a, 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 a Twitch superstar, aka the platform they also own? True. Like, no yeah. way. No way. It, Just... I, I get that, Jones. And I guess anything less than a hit for New World is a failure, maybe, with the way they've been. Yeah, going. Hubert, I, I understand. <laughs> like, I get what you're saying. It is exciting when uh, a new MMO, it's just like it's one of the hardest things to get into. Mm-hmm. And, and, and break through how many times have we just heard about a new MMO and it just like maybe does okay for a while and it just like flounders because I think the market doesn't support a lot of different MMOs running at like that be successfully run at the same time and, and some of the biggest names have tried and they've found like moderate like you saw that like Elder Scrolls Online still going you had uh was it uh Old Republic. Uh, Old Republic was still going, uh, still going for a while. Uh, the the superhero one. I keep forgetting its name. The DC Universe DC, Online. DC oh, Universe. No, Heroes. City one. of Heroes. City, City of Heroes. Villains. Like there, there have been ones. Like I mean, going back to like even like when WoW was popular, they said like Dark Age of Camelot. You had uh, Dayok, baby. Yeah, like you you've had these ones that, that like thrive. It's just when I think Amazon wants us to be huge, and I don't yeah. think it's gonna ever real. Like, I don't think it's gonna live up to its expectations. And I cite. There are two other failed canceled projects, Breakaway, which was supposed to be a brawler, and Crucible, which was supposed to be a third-party shooter. Oh, dude, there's more than that, man. There was Nova, which was based off League of Legends. There was Intensity, Intensity Huber, that was based on Fortnite. Intensity. They've tried Um, to do these other ones, and they they failed at these other ones, and MMO is the hardest, most complex of any of these ones they've tried. I know they've consolidated a lot of these studios around New World at this point, but... I, I just don't have the confidence. I do not have the confidence it's going to end up being what they want. Yeah, the heat that like Avengers is under right now is not yeah. nothing compared to the heat that Warcraft and Final Fantasy fourteen faces like on a con- continual basis. It's like you just constantly have to reinvent yourself. It's just like why, yeah, it's it's why get involved? Why start your own game studios? Why invest that heavily mm-hmm. if you're not oh, if you're just going to fumble it so bad? Which is why it just. Um, it's, it's so, the thing, it's though, so amusing they, again, to me to, to poke. It's that they don't understand at. what they're doing. Yeah. It's, you know, like, it, it, them, you know, they're, they're talking about how, you know, they would create these clashing goals of being like super popular, but super innovative and all these things that are kind of designed almost set, setting their teams up to fail. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. you're going to just basically not make something if if these things all try to come together or, you know, they're talking about chasing you know, chasing whatever the latest trend is. And it's like, if you're chasing the latest trend, you're going to be four years late. (laughs) But as we stated, Bezos is out. Bezos is out. Andy Jassy's in, who's currently the head of cloud computing at Amazon. Uh, So, you know, Luna is in his wheeled house and he's confident, quote, some businesses take off in the first year. Others take many years. Though we haven't consistently succeeded yet in Amazon Game Studios, I believe we will if we hang in there. <laughs> hang in there. That's like a scoutmaster. That's like a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> hang in <Yeah>. there. <laughs> we just got We just got to keep swinging. I just want to <laughs> believe that we will get another great MMO. I don't know. 
Wait, I mean, remember Wildstar? Do you remember that one? Oh, Wildstar yeah. had such promise, and then I went down to that studio. Yeah. And I talked to that Huber, team. You know, like, the, yeah. the, the, the history of Overwatch. Blizzard <laughs> was making another MMO and decided to turn it into Overwatch. Like, that shows how difficult the current totally. landscape is. You know, you, like, Even the great ones, like we were talking about Warhammer yeah. Online, like, that was a great game. It just didn't last. Yeah. It's hard. It's <laughs> really hard. And I think it just might be the formula at this point is that, like, these other types of, you know, games as a service has just eclipsed MMOs. Why pay a subscription? Can you yeah. subs can you add the amount of content MMO needs without a subscription anymore? Will will microtransactions cover the cost of that? Why there are definitely do a lot that have tried. Yeah. yeah, and some of them are still around for sure. Old Republic is another great one. That was so much fun. Yeah. Old Republic is free to play now, right? Yeah, it is now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Since a while ago, yeah. Lord of the Rings online. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Matrix online. Yeah. <laughs> Matrix. I feel like, uh, th I know New World is not going to have subscription, Damiani. Do you think that that helps it, or, or like uh, yeah. you're saying, like how do you, I don't think you how do you do keep supporting anymore. the game? You you do like the skins, you do mounts, you do everything short yeah. of pay to win. Obviously, I think you do pay to win an MMO, you're dead. You're gonna you're gonna die out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. You got to do skins and stuff. You got to do like you know cool costumes. You do mounts. You do. Any way that is superficial, but it is enticing mm -hmm. to, to the to the player, where they, they they feel they want it, and then God, I remember Lord of the Rings Online. Damiani did like extra bag space, and I was just like, <laughs> I want that bag space, damn it! <laughs> I mean, you, know, you do like like skips and stuff. I mean, I guess that's pay to pay win, but like, don't don't get an advantage in like you don't get a competitive advantage, but you can like skip over content. I think that's mm. another thing you could possibly do. Like you just mm. charge people like, I don't want to do the story. I just want to skip to the end game and play right. with my friends. So let me just don't make me do the stupid grind part. Mm. Also, it's another thing. Fundamentally, MMOs like the leveling process that needs to be really overhauled. Like the the, the, yeah. the existing way of doing it in almost every game. Just I know they streamlined it to speed it up, but mm -hmm. there's got to be a more interesting way to, to, to do it at this point or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Then just like go do a quest and turn it in and uh you're locked out from these other areas till you do these quests. World of Warcraft 2 or Final Fantasy 18? Oh, like, you mean first or <laughs> ever No, happening? no, when they, when the oh, MMO gets, like, reimagined. It'll be one of them. <laughs> Jeez. Comrades, Huber. <laughs> Comrades. And now, a word from our sponsors. You know that credit card. The one that you're afraid to look at to see what the balance is? If you've been avoiding your debt, it's time to confront it. Upstart can help you face it and finally pay it off. Last year showed us that you never know what life is going to throw at you, and if you used credit cards to pay for unexpected expenses, it can be overwhelming to manage that debt. Take control with Upstart so you know exactly what to expect. If you have multiple credit cards, you know that tracking multiple balances, due dates, and website logins can be stressful. Upstart makes things simple with one monthly payment in one place. Speaking of MMOs, website logins, baby. That, uh, that, that uh, what is it, the dual, why can't I think of it? The, you gotta have the app, the dual, uh, two, two factor oh, authentication. Two factor. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 2FA. <laughs> 
Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partners because they assess more than just your credit score. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. I love that five minutes is like the test. We've had a lot of sponsors lately. We're like, how long does that take? And I love the five-minute tape. It does take five minutes. You can get approved the same day, and you can receive funds as fast as one business day. If debt is taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash easyallies. That's upstart.com slash easyallies. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. That's upstart.com slash easy allies. We all shop online. Hell yeah. Got a gift, or got a gift certificate for my birthday? You bet I'm shopping online. And we've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, Manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. It it, it feels so good. It's just nice to have that save money, but it's just like, I want to <laughs> go for it, honey. I dare you. You just go get something that's fun. And it like loads. It's like, you don't usually like to see loading screens, but it's just fun to be like, and save money. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. Can't confirm. Checked it out, installed right away. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself and uh, doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash allies. That's joinhoney.com slash allies. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. All right, so this week, EA dropped some uh, reveals on the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, primarily the the release date uh, May fourteenth, and uh, and there's also like a lot of previews and stuff that are out there. Uh, I checked out uh, PC Gamers, and I've been checking out Game Informer stuff that's been rolling out throughout the week. Um, stuff in there about the revisions to the Mako in Mass Effect One yes. and elevators and all of that kind of thing. <laughs> elevators. Uh, yeah, yes. they talked about yeah Mako. basically cutting down the yes. elevator times. The, uh, Remember the like wobbly Mako? Just like <laughs> literally my number one thing I wanted them to fix. So I'm so happy they said. You should that. be yeah. able to revert though to the original just to just like, to wobble an instant around. toggle like the graphics option, <laughs> yeah. but it's like the see the old version of how bad it was. <laughs> um, it's coming to uh, PC, PS4, and Xbox One with forward compatibility to PS5 and Xbox Series XS, which I think is interesting. Right. That there's like they're not talking about any native. Um, current gen versions, which I think we're seeing, is, 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 I've seen pop up a lot with publishers. It's like, oh, that's a thing. It's not actually a next gen version or current mm -hmm. gen or whatever you want to call it. Um, other uh, details to keep in mind: um, the, uh, like I said, Mass Effect, uh, or the original game is getting the biggest overhaul. Uh, the, the Legendary Edition is uh, going to introduce the uh, the default femship that was uh, in Mass Effect Three. 
from the start to, to you can play that character through all three games um there's like a centralized like hub launcher mm. so like it's not they are like more connected basically on, on the main screen um and then um the the multiplayer they decided mm. not to do um, they said they were Ugh. basically t- too yeah. complex, too big Ugh. of a job to add. It was fun. It was which, fun. Which yeah. multiplayer? Hashtagonist is going to be The Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Oh. The people are still playing. I actually yeah. enjoyed yeah. Max. Yeah. I en- actually enjoyed 3's multiplayer. And it wasn't an alternative way to handle the galaxy readiness thing as well. Yeah, you like, kind of It was part of that. It was all tied into that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually like the galaxy readiness stuff. Like, I didn't overall like 3, but like the multiplayer and galaxy readiness stuff, man, that's going to make it harder to play through 3 again. Uh, the other thing that uh, got cut, which I don't think I ever messed around with, was the Pinnacle Station mm-hmm. DLC from the first game. The source code uh, is corrupted. That, so it's just mm-hmm. like they basically would have to rebuild it from scratch. But um, it is worth saying that they completely threw that developer under the bus because it wasn't Bioware that made it. It was a separate dev. And I love Demiurge, it. yeah. And I love that they were Ooh. like... These clowns, <laughs> we got them. We got them on the horn. Like, oh, we'll just we'll, we'll need that uh, pinnacle station sent over right away. Like, yeah, about that. Um, it's busted. <laughs> um, and then there's two quotes I, I want to p- pull out here because uh, I find them interesting. Number one is the studio has been wanting to do this for a long time now, um, which I think is is very interesting, and it shows that like it's not just like a business decision. Throw it together. Um, the guy that's kind of heading it all up and who's been in a lot of these interviews uh, has been basically like it through Mass Effect's whole series. Um, but then uh, the other bit uh, they're talking about uh, that it's not going to have stuff like ray tracing uh, because they're still running it on Unreal Engine 3. Uh, and oh. the, the quote here is, an example would be the Unreal Engine 3 scripting language Kismet. There's no copy-paste equivalent to that. So every moment, every scene would essentially have to be redone from scratch, and we take away the essence of what the trilogy was. Mm-hmm. So what this was about was fidelity, fidelity, taking off some of the edges people would expect. Um, and so that bit there that we take away the essence of what the trilogy was, I find very interesting. And I, I, I want to just throw that to the panel. Uh, and what you think about, like, when you think of, like, remasters and remakes and kind of what you want out of those things and all the different approaches we've seen in the past well, it's like, year or two. It's like Silent Hill. You, you, they cleaned it up too much, you know? And so they're just like, look, oh, you fog, can see the yep. whole street now. And you're like, wait, great, no, great. I don't, you know. I was missing the fog. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's it's... But at the same time, something like, uh, you know, the GoldenEye, uh, the 360 GoldenEye that I'm just, like, so tempted to download and, and run through, it's weird. And the cradle level, the final level, like seeing the ground, like oh, yeah. you know, it's just it's like you're in the clouds, you know, it's like it's like you're in a airship flying around, uh, and so it's yeah, you definitely want to to feel like it. You don't want to gloss it up too much to the point where you're like, well, this is just like a completely different game. Yeah, totally. if, if you're yeah, if you want to throw in, I understand people would like to have something like ray tracing, but. That for me would be like a ground up rebuild of Mass Effect. A remake. Yeah, like this is a remaster to me. Yeah. And I'm all for like it needs to feel as close to the original while just looking better. So if you have to like recreate something and it loses that feel, that crosses into a different category for me. So Mm -hmm. I'm personally okay with that. Same, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I just want to I just want a nice classic remaster for this because yeah, those that essence those vibes are so important 
to Mass Effect. Because um, it's so, yeah, it's so different, just especially now with, with all the remakes we've been getting. So much different than a, just a remaster. Yeah. So, and all the, all the, um, just, I've been looking at the screenshots, Blood Earth, and it looks good. I like the way mm-hmm. that this is shaping up and the way it looks. It looks just touched up. You know, it looks a lot better, but it still looks like Mass Effect. I feel spoiled. This will be my first time going through that trilogy. And so, mm-hmm. like, there's to be so many areas. I'm like, oh, this looks nice. And my fans are like, you have no idea, man. Like, that, <laughs> that tree wasn't even a tree. Like, that was, hey, that was, uh, that was me with God of War. I didn't hmm. go through any of those games till hmm. the the HD remasters, and nice. I went through every single game that way. I remember Rich Brown coming by and goes, "You are so lucky." <laughs> <laughs> those run so well. Those and the the Uncharted collection. Yeah, those are like my favorite remaster collections. They're just so perfect. Man, my one hope is that like two is just as good as I remember when I replay it. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, same, same. Honestly, yeah, same, Damiani. It'll be so nice to revisit it. I love revisiting games, uh, but this is a series I've not revisited since it came out. Really, I've, I haven't same. replayed the Mass Effect, so I'm. But it's I'm yeah. For me, I re- I replayed uh, one and two before three came out when I was doing the backtrack, um, the, right. the series with the composers, backtrack. and so I was going through replaying to you know get all of those moments, you know, and and you know any of those specific scenes that they're you know they were talking about i was like okay what is this um but uh yeah i only played through mass effect 3 that one time because i did the interview before 3 came out and so then they you know, like my my journey through 3 was you know partly getting that footage <laughs> i think there's also a danger you know you want something to feel like it and i think that also kind of it puts a ceiling on how much you can really like make something look prettier because if there's a structure that you want to stick to KOTOR comes to mind because there's like rumors that KOTOR Mm. 1 and 2 are going to be combined into something and like KOTOR for all of its incredible excellence is a lot of hallways and those are very pretty looking hallways but it's just like there's a lot of really you know thin corridors with enemies and you know beyond the next door and then just this huge skybox that makes you feel that you're on you know on some planet so like if you really if that is just the prettiest looking hallway i've ever seen it's final fantasy 13 no seriously um it's it's (laughs) tough uh to again it's like you know you're like putting i don't want to say lipstick on a pig but it's like you're you know uh you're calling uh too much focus on the limitations the original game had instead of just like really celebrating it and making it look, you know, it, like to, to me, what the, what legendary edition looks like for mass effect is like how they wished it had looked at the time, you know, like right. what, what they would have made it look like if, you know, they had, uh, had the resources to do it. I can't, I can't imagine the temptation some developers must feel to, you know, little tweak here, little tweak there, little tweak here. Mm. I imagine, you know, you need a lot of restraint to really stay true to the original. Because like you're saying, Jones, like that limited design, like mm. maybe we'll just open up this hallway a little more. Oh, this this seems pretty cramped. Why don't we just make it a little bigger? Oh, throw a couple more enemies in there. It's like, I, I can't. I think, that they, I think that they did talk <laughs> a little bit about that and like in terms of just like, you know, well, updating everything. It's like, well, let's look at this from the like the game camera perspective and seeing like what really needs to change. The one thing that's bugged me from the screenshots, uh, and what's funny is, is somebody pointed out, I was like, well, that's always been in Mass Effect games, but some of the side-by-sides, like you see this like giant, like horizontal lens flare, like covering up big parts of the shot. And it's like, 
it's not in the original shot, right. so why is it over there? And it sounds like they have like moved some light sources and things like that around, um, you know, for 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 better lighting. Uh, but it is something that like, well, I hope that the lens flare isn't as obtrusive as it looks in the screenshot. Yeah, it is. I hope it's just they're sort of there when you hit the right angle or yeah. whatever. Hopefully, you can turn them off. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a major thing they actually train for in NASA. Is like once you get out into space, those lens flares rough. You know, they really impact visibility. Very distracting. Uh, I I really think this is going to be the number one selling Mass Effect of all time. I really do. Mm. I think yeah. Mass Effect is about to have a massive moment. I think this is going to be huge. I think mm. everyone is going to be getting this. Everyone is going to be playing this. Um, and it's cool because like Andromeda wasn't the best received. So I like that we're, you know, taking a pause on moving the franchise forward, going back to what everyone has really been clamoring for, really wanting just a nice, easy way to play these these legendary games. Yeah, and actually, uh, that makes me really think about this in terms of, like, what Kingdom Hearts has done. And I, I think that's really the value of this is, is like, hey, people love these games the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like... You know, they were in like these tiny little models that you can't see facial expressions on or anything, right? And if they're going to be continuing this story mm-hmm. with the next Mass Effect game that comes out in mm-hmm. two or three years, then they need a way for people to be able to jump back into these. And Mass Effect 1 in particular, and the Mako driving in particular, are kind of barriers, they're kind of obstacles to that storyline. And so I, I think this is something that's just a sort of like a, a necessity for people to be able to simply catch up. Totally. Can't totally wait to take that Mako for a spin, man. We're selling <laughs> it. <laughs> well, the funny, thing too about, the funny thing too about the Mako, Brandon, is like it's one of those things where like almost like with, it's, it's similar to like the climbing and Breath of the Wild. To where you would just try to like push that Mako into places it probably shouldn't go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I can do it. I can make it up this hill. I know I yep. can. <laughs> PlayStation just recently celebrated. I thought we were done with us looking back at 2020, but this is personal, folks. This is what we did in 2020. PlayStation wants us to celebrate the year that was, the year we, we, we kicked back most of it with our PlayStation 4 and then some of it with our PlayStation 5s um, by letting everybody go and, and track some of their, you know, the primarily the games that they played the most, which we will be discussing. I put all my information down. I'm proud of all of it. Uh, I love that one of the things on this forum, so if you go, if you haven't seen this, if you log into PlayStation.com, you can go and uh, if, you, if you click on, the, I believe it's their, their headlines, you can check and wrap see. Wrap up. The wrap up. The 2020 wrap up. I love that one of them was like, Congratulations, you got a PlayStation 5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, is there like, if people didn't, or am I scrolling down? Is there something that's like, ooh, we see you didn't get a PlayStation 5. You might want to. I want to pick one of those up in 2021. <laughs> I want to see. I want to but, see if it's just missing or if there's a screenshot of something else there. Yeah, like yeah. a sad PlayStation Five. Um, but uh, I, um, I got all my numbers. I don't know if you. I don't know if we just did our top games, but uh, I want to hear the top games of all of the panelists. Daniel, I got, yeah. Oh, well, oh Michael Huber. No, uh, no, I was just saying I have it. I have it here. I have the information. I came prepared, Brandon Jones. Hubert, hit me. What was your most played game of 2020? So, so I got the whole thing here. Number of games played in 2020, 98. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are not prepared for my numbers, by the <laughs> oh way. Oh, my God. Wow. 98. All right. Number one, baby. So pumped. 117 hours, 
Last of Us Part Two. 117. Wow. I don't know about 117 hours. See, that's the thing. You're diversifying. I'm committing. I'd be like three times. I'm committing. My top 256 <laughs> hours, baby. Wow. Hey, you're you're gonna be stoked about this, Jones. Number yeah. one, Last of Us Part Two, 117. Number two, Ghost of Tsushima, 70 hours. Here's here's this one's for you, Jones. 68 hours. Number three. Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> my number three. What the hell? That's my 256, baby. It's, it's because it's like the Division 2 one year uh -huh, was my uh -huh. like number one game. It's just they're so long. It's this loot. You just keep playing. Play. It's, they're games you sink a lot of hours into. Right. So, um, All right. Total. Here's where you guys are not ready. Total hours of gameplay in 2020. Anyone have a guess? Uh, 1,100. 4,000. <laughs> what? That's why you get bucks, baby. 4,210 total what? hours of gameplay in 2020 with my PlayStation. Well, I play a lot of games. Uh, Holy shit. Blood, this is a borderline like like job uh, review. You know what I mean? It's that's like 175 many... days. I know, uh, I did I did the math. I did yeah. the math. Okay. Blood, mm -hmm. I want Okay, we what? Hubert and Damiani, talk amongst yourselves. Blood, we need to take that number, cross reference how to beat all the games he's reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> subtract that or add on to that potential hours that he admitted playing on Frame Trap. I I think that <laughs> It, that sounds like more than I bet seventy percent of that has nothing to do with these allies. Like has nothing, these are not even things you're talking about or stuff. Like, are you sure you didn't just leave the controller down and go to bed or something? Like that's insane. Yeah, days played in 2020, 259 days. Oh my god! Top day of the week, Sunday afternoon. Me too. The best. Yeah, Sunday the afternoon. Best. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, total trophies. 920 trophies. Only, only three platinums. I'm not a platinum trophy hunter, everyone. I like to, I like mm -hmm. to play the maximum amount of games. I like to, to finish a game, onto the next one. Finish a game, onto the next one. I'm very rigorous in my playing a couple games at a time and just seeing them all the way through to the end. Beating a video game is my number one dopamine. Wow. Number one. There it is. Top PS5 game was Destiny 2. So, that's it. What you got, Tommyani? All right. Well, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Number of games played in 2020, 34. Still more nice. than me. Still more Your than top me. games, Final Fantasy VII Remake, 92 hours. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, 36 hours. Big gap. Still haven't, wow. so, yeah, still haven't finished it. And then number three... Dark Souls 3, 28 hours. Yeah, but nice. I don't get this. Yeah. This, is, this is top genre RPG 97. So is Dark Souls not an RPG to them? I, I wonder. Know. I was like, and some other games in here are like, wait, what? How yeah, is maybe. that not? So I don't know about that number. <laughs> uh, total hours of gameplay in 2020, only 308. I got that beat. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only 199 trophies compared to Huber's 900. Uh, and this I don't know if this is on my list either, but my top PS5 game, oh, top PS5 game hours. Okay, so Immortals Phoenix Rising was my top PS5 game. Mm. I thought it was 36 hours for that, but it said I played 36 hours of PS5 games. 
So I'm trying to remember what other PS5. Oh, I dabbled in Astrobot. I finished Astrobot. So, but wait, then it says total PS5 gameplay hours 59. So top PS5 game hours 36. I don't get this. I think some of these things don't add up, but we'll we'll get to mine. <laughs> anyway, and only 108 PS5 trophies, and uh, yeah, that was uh, just basically yeah, f- only one platinum Huber, and that was Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Seven Remake. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. That's a good one, dude. That's a good one to get. Yeah. All right, polite, impress me. <laughs> well, okay. I, again, with the things that potentially don't add up, I, I'm I'm convinced. The, the disparities in them, some of these stats, like, my numbers have got to be skewed by games being on pause mm-hmm. while I ended up, like, working on something or it's something. Really pause just, like, that much. just like the, yeah, okay. But number of games played, uh, 20. Top games. Trials of Mana, <laughs> number one. Yep. 83 hours. Sekiro, number two, just behind it, 81 hours. Number three, Fall Guys at 52 yes. hours. 52 nice. Fall Guys. But well done. pay attention to this number. This is where th- this is the weirdest one, the Fall Guys number. Okay, and then it says my top genre is action adventure uh, with 345 top genre hours. Um, and then total gameplay hours is 501. And then days played 111. Top day of the week, nights on Sundays. Heck yeah. And then trophies, 252. One platinum. Nice. Do you remember what it was? It's got to be Astrobot, yeah. Nice. Um, and then PS5, top PS5 game, Demon's Souls, 57 hours. Now, nice. that's more than the 52 they said for Fall Guys. So, oh. weird, right? Yeah. And then total PS5 gameplay hours, 85. Total PS5 trophies, 124. And then down here it says uh, Fall Guys, hours played online, 23. Ah. So what, what were your other... Wait, where's yeah, the what, what else were you doing? Yeah, what else were I doing? Yeah, navigating what the store? What's going on? Do you have this Half of my time was not online. You're playing with access to the offline mode. This guy's been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I think it was like Fall Guys was just like on pause and I would jump in. But it's yeah. even still like half of the time. I don't know. But fun, anyways. Yeah, Marvel's Avengers, two hundred and fifty-six hours. <laughs> wow. Uh, number two. Ooh, wow. Final Fantasy VII games? remake, seventy. Uh, Twenty-eight games. So, okay. so not that many. Just a little bit over you, but Final Fantasy VII remake, number two, seventy. Sick. Yeah. Lots of grinding. I just was in that. I was, I was in that arena, whatever you call it. That I was. I spent a lot of time oh, yeah. before I wrapped that game up. Loved that. Uh, and Dreams at 63. I was happy with that number. A lot of that was spent uh, hanging out with Kyle, making a, making a level. 675 total hours. Uh, nine hours in VR, which I'm glad they dis- uh, uh, distinguished. 144 days. Uh, boy, two, what was your 250-something, Huber? 259. Uh, and only 229 trophies. Only six gold, man. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a big trophy hunter either at all. But uh, and of course, if I had not played Assassin's Creed Valhalla on the Xbox, that would certainly be up there. Same, and, yeah, um, same. I got I got cheated out of some hours. All my Demon Souls <laughs> time that was all in January before we did Goaties, and uh, I've been playing a ton of Immortals on my PS5, but it's all been in, most been in January. Yeah. So otherwise, Immortals would easily. Oh yeah, be, my uh, Animal Crossing hours too, dude. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, we do play other consoles. This. It's just fun, you know. We talk about what so other fun. companies are doing. We we you know we I like to make it. fun of Amazon and Google. We want to make fun of ourselves, or or more specifically, Hubert. Just well, just because there's so many games and and movies, I, I like to keep a record. So I like that Sony just has a nice little Hubert. Hubert, you got me. I started the uh, yeah. what games have I beat list. Nice. <laughs> it's good. It's good to just remember and to be able to to. to I just remember it a little more. Sometimes I'll write a couple notes about it. So I like it. Doesn't seem like there's anything in your life other than your PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five, man. That's those are yeah, oof. just me, and my wife, and uh, the yep. PlayStation. Let me know. Hey, much. let me know if anybody's got any one of those numbers beat in the comments, and we'll go over that next week. Hero will be back. <laughs> also, this week. Judgments coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X and S on April 23rd. Uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi, uh, the uh, executive director and producer of uh, some Yakuza games, is stepping down from Sega's board of directors, staying at Sega, but stepping hmm. down. Uh, hmm. Ninja Theory has halted development on Bleeding Edge, which is Oof. something we probably saw coming, but again. Yep, totally. Uh, but in better news, Bloober Team has already recouped its production marketing costs for the medium. Good, so, good. Yeah, yeah I, uh, you know, it wasn't my favorite game, but some mixed uh, signals like, there across the, 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 the board. But yeah, the passion and the effort with it, like I felt, I felt it. Like they really wanted to do that game, so that's that's good to hear. Uh, the, a lot of the sentiment I saw online, Huber, was not. It almost seemed like the same sentence. It was like, "Oh, Medium comes out tomorrow. I'm excited because I like Bluber." You know, so it's like yeah. I think, I think, dude, regardless of what people think of the Medium, I think the Bluber emotional mm-hmm. stock, I think, has, has stayed the same. Uh, apparently, Nintendo canceled the live-action Netflix Zelda show because of a leak. Yes. Yeah. See yeah. friend code for more info. Yeah, right. <laughs> we talked, <laughs> talked a bit about that. And, uh, and we also <laughs> talked about Amazon and Frame Trap, so if you want a little bit, dig a little bit deeper into that stuff. But, um, yeah, it's I, I, it, it, there's part of me that's like, oh, I hate leaks. And then there's the other part that's like, oh, wait, but it could have been really bad, so who knows? We'll see. Uh, Switch sales have surpassed 3DS sales. Uh, 79.87 million consoles have been sold worth while, worth worldwide. Uh, still got a ways to go to, to beat that That's Wii. Uh, God of War got a PS5 performance update. 60 FPS, 4K, 260p. Uh, 4K is 2160p, but, yeah. but sorry. Uh, <laughs> thanks, blood. Netflix, MGM, and Pinky Promise are all working on GameStop stock story adaptations. It's hilarious. <laughs> there are books coming out. There's probably a children's book coming out. Uh, do you think Netflix anytime there's like a viral meme or video, Jones, do you think people like buy the rights to it? I mean, like how many how many times does sure. this happen oh, that yeah. we don't hear about? Oh my god, is yeah. that just constant? What's well, like? Patents, do you think they buy the know, rights like, from? Yeah. Um, there's yeah, nobody yeah. to write. That's buy? the thing. There's nobody to buy from. It's just yeah. like start yeah. start writing. Start writing. I, I see different articles being like, "This is the guy that did it," and they're like, "They're different guys." <laughs> different like, like, remember the, uh, <laughs> the the two fire festival documentaries yeah. that came out yes. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Exact same situation. It's like He-Man. You put them both together and they become... <laughs> uh, Lady Dimitrescu is apparently a nine feet six inches tall officially from Resident Evil <laughs> yeah. Village. Also known as a blood and a half. Good to know. <laughs> 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 uh, EA CEO Andrew Wilson hinted at a Battle Royale battlefield this holiday season. What took so long, Huber? It's like a no-brainer. Well, remember they did uh, Firestorm? But it was, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that battlefield. one, the Ring of Fire, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be nice but to... But just to... the Warzone equivalent for Battlefield mm-hmm. apparently is happening. Um, Apex Legends coming to Switch. Um, Activision's being sued for copyright infringement over a Call of Duty character called Mara. 
Uh, she is called Mara in that, but apparently there's a, a artist that. that got a cosplayer together to design something for, for his yeah. own project. It seemed like there was a case there, Jones. I, I peeked through some of that, it's and tricky. it was like, it's, hmm. It's not so cut and dry, isn't it? You can yeah. see, like, some artists will be like, hey, this person plagiarized my work, and you can literally put the two drawings over each other and see it. It's just <laughs> literally, like, all the steps they took, none of those were original. <laughs> it was all just literally <laughs> like, this looks great. Let's do that. Let's get all of the things that they did. Um, Jones, so. just a quick clarification on the battlefield thing did they sure. ever say battle royale or is it just what we're assuming from the description we he hinted at a battle royale he said yeah. more players than you have ever seen in a battlefield which yeah okay wink wink just we'll want to make sure that like they didn't sure. actually say battle royale no. but it sounds would, like it yeah i would i would die jones for like a 200 on 200 just conquest mode classic battlefield but with like 400 people here we go don't die on me now, Hubert. Valve was fined <laughs> over $4 million over Steam controller patent infringement. Lost that one. Um, for the first time since 2014, EA's making a college football game. College football. Not often I get to say what college football on the ECLS podcast. I know. <laughs> but that was always... I missed those trailers back at Game Trailers, man, when they stopped right. making... The, the the college you know um, oh, NCAA football 2014 was the last one they the did. The players you can start players I think can start making money or something off they, their likenesses. Apparently Got there it. will not be official players. I think it will oh, just okay. be the teams. But uh, gotcha. we'll see. Uh, Lego. Uh, the rumors are true. Lego is making a new set based on Sonic the Hedgehog. And speaking <laughs> of Sonic, he's getting a new 3D animated series on Netflix in 2022. As I mentioned before, a playable version of the canceled Xbox 360 GoldenEye remaster leaked online. Got to figure out how to make 64 emulation work. You might be getting a Slack message from me, Damiani, with some questions. 64? You mean... No, 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 sorry, 360. Oh, no. Xbox 360. Oh, no. You need a Xenia for that. How does it work? Okay. All right. Okay. So you know. All right. We'll be talking later. (laughs) Um, Speaking of leaking stuff... Actually, this wasn't even leaked. They let him do it. Uh, There's now footage online of Mario Kart Koopa's Challenge, the ride in uh, Japan. You can watch somebody stumbling their way through Not avoiding that... Nope, yeah. not watching that at all. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. There's the AR version and the non-AR version. Nope. The, the AR version like looks haunted. Like you're like, oh, look at the set in the background. And then like, you know, like Toad just like, Wah! It is absolutely the worst way to experience it, and I watched all of it. It was great. <laughs> Um, we are all stoked that Star Wars is moving off into potentially more capable hands than Electronic Arts, but EA has made a cool $3 billion off Star Wars in their tenure exclusively. Uh, and shout out to my favorite Star Wars game, Galaxy of Heroes makes up one bill of that. The game I play wow. every day has made a billion dollars. Not for me. exactly I why. I have not given that day. game a penny. Um, yeah. Which is fun. But that engagement, Jones. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so legit. But I play against players that did. I know where that one billion went. <laughs> there are some dark side teams I go up against, and I go, ah, that's 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 a billion dollars right there. PlayStation took. Speaking of billions, PlayStation took in twenty two point seven four billion in two thousand and twenty, the most of any platform holder in history. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, there it is, the undisputed winner in terms of overall revenue uh, from everything. So that's game sales, that's console sales, that's you know. Uh, the beloved microtransactions. Uh, part of that is uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales has sold 4.1 million copies. Good for Spider-Man. Very cool. <laughs> Scrappy little Spider-Man doing well. Uh, and finally, just sneaking in right before we recorded this podcast, Akira Yamaoka, composer of Silent Hill fame, said that his project, his next project, which will apparently potentially be announced this summer, is, quote, the one you're kind of hoping to hear about. 
what an evil, evil man for saying that. <laughs> Never give up. Never give up. It's coming. Get our expectations. It's coming. What is he doing? Even worst case scenario, even worst case that this one isn't, Silent Hill will return. We, we will re we will seize the glory days once again. I will never give up. It's gonna happen. Bless you, Hubert. It's gonna happen. We're gonna play a Silent Hill game that is great. It is now time for love and respect. Love, love and respect. respect. From North Star Ken, greetings allies, just a quick follow-up. Last November you addressed my concerns of FOMO regarding the PS5. I would like to report that I still do not have one, but the way I dealt with it was simple. I just started playing the games on last-gen consoles. For example, I recently got the PS4 version of Miles Morales, and I've been having a blast. Why wait? When it comes down to it, there really are not many exclusives I want that warrant a certain current-gen console to play anyway, aside from a few like Demon Souls. I beat PS4 Hitman 3, and will replay it on PS5 whenever I find one, and plan to do the same with others. Love, respect, and thank you, North Star Ken. Great. Feels good. Yeah. Awesome. Again, fantastic. We saw on all our reports that, and we're congratulated by PlayStation for getting a PlayStation <laughs> Five. <but. laughs> yeah. Some people not as lucky. Yeah. From Samwise Game Geek, what licensed music used in a game has stuck with you the most? My favorite use of a licensed track has to be "Don't Fear the Reaper" from the original Prey. Every time I hear it, mm. I'm back in the bar playing the intro of Prey. Just crazy taxi. Uh, yeah, dude, that, of course. The first thing that comes <laughs> yeah, to mind. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. that might be number one. That's right after too that, good. Yeah, right after that for me, a little bit more personal is the Ace of Spades. <laughs> the Ace of Spades. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Yeah, no cigar. Melancholin as well. Love Melancholin. Um, and then some cheeky picks. Claire de Lune, Evil Within, and Ooh. Sonata, Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. If those count. Isn't Fly Me to the Moon from uh, Yeah. And that's always it's been an issue getting that song or something? Or Oh, that's with Evangelion getting that song in the ending. Yeah, credits, Evangelion had it too. Yeah. I remember like finding out that like the Tricky song wasn't written for Tricky. From DMC? It's like, oh, that's oh, it's it's just yeah. a song. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that like. That was named after a song, right? You know, it's like, it's not like they named it Tricky and then we're like, oh, we'll put this song in there. Like that, you know. I, just, no, I, I think that the, could be. I mean, it's like, it's about tricks. Yeah. Uh, Second Prince of Persia game. The. Uh, oh dude. my God, dude. Oh, no. Iconic. <laughs> okay. I don't, I'd never ended up playing a game, but tell me if you guys had played it. Warrior Within? E3. Shadow the Hedgehog, they had let the bodies hit the floor on a loop. Was that in the game at all? Wait a second, is it? <laughs> all right, search for that. Uh, Let's also, shout out the the most recent SSX, the PS3, like you know, like reboot of sorts. I don't think so. Had had some okay. fun tracks that uh, I just every time I hear them, I'm like, oh yeah, I just ah, oh, miss SSX. <laughs> a lot of SSX tracks. I'm just like, oh. yeah, miss that franchise. My brother loved I need that this series. Now. Jones loved it to death, man. I hope it comes back. Did you like Tricky the most or the the other ones? Three, three, three. Three is your favorite. Mm. Nice. Mm. And that, and that, the, the PS3 one on the bed. Like, I'm, I'm tempted yes. to. I don't know if that, if hey, if that came out like PS Plus or something one yeah. one month, I'd be like, oh no, <laughs> diving back in. 
from Happy Gaming. With the news that Google has shut down in-house Stadia game development, it seems only a matter of time until they eventually cut their losses and discontinue the hardware. I don't think so. I think they're going to hang on to that much longer than they possibly should. With that in mind, though, I thought it would be fun to look at the life of several other game consoles. In this game, I will provide two consoles, and it'll be up to the panel to decide which one had the longer lifespan from release to discontinuation. Extra points for mm. the panelists can say how many years it took the console from original production to being discontinued. I call it Consolation Discontinued. Hope you enjoy. Love and respect. Brian from Happy Gaming. The PSP Go or PlayStation TV? What lasted longer? I want to say the PlayStation Place, TV. Say, yeah, go. I have a PlayStation TV. Congratulations. That's the winner. PlayStation TV nice. was around for two years uh, or 27 months. Um, PSP Go was only around for 1.5 years. Hmm. Uh, huh. Yeah, that thing was weird. Limited. Wasn't it the, like, didn't, wasn't it like a flip-up yes. PSP or yeah. something? Yes. Okay, yeah, I vaguely remember yep. that. Yeah, well, that's uh, the thing, like, Astro's Playroom. Like, it reminded me of it. It's like, oh crap, yeah, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. God, they had a lot of it, cool, like, little PSP accessories in that game. Dude, I loved that room. PSP was, that was... good handheld. Mm-hmm. The Wii U or the Dreamcast? What lasted long? Oh, actual production? Discontinued. I would say probably the Dreamcast. I'll say Dreamcast. Oh, wait, Dreamcast. La- which, are we longer or shorter? Longer. What lasted longer? Wii U would probably last longer. It's probably Wii U, but I'm just going to say Dreamcast because I, mean, I love it. Wii U was at least around for four years. Dreamcast was <laughs> yeah. 99 to when. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be Wii U. Two or... Got to be Wii U. Uh, yeah. Four years. Dreamcast yeah. is only around for two. Uh, November yeah. of 1998 to March of 2001. Um, hurts. 98. That's the... So, the, yeah. yeah. So, like, when it production in Japan. So, I knew there was going to be tricks. Tricks. there were going to be tricks. Actual production. Uh, the tricks. 3DO or the CDI? Didn't have a CDI, but I had Magnavox 3DO versus Philips CDI. Uh, One is double the other, so these are not close numbers. Well, I know CDI. Philips CDI had games come out for a few years. Magnavox. I don't. I want to say 3DO on this one. I'm gonna go with. I feel like 3DO is around longer. I'm gonna go with CDI. Mike and Mike for the win. Six years, Mm. seventy-three months for that CDI. Six years. Only three years for the 3DO. Yeah, six years. Yeah, there was like a four-year gap between the first Nintendo one and the last Nintendo one that came out on CDI, like those terrible games. So I know it was mm-hmm. released around for three, four years. A lot of Magnavox like died pretty quickly. Six wow. years of that CDI. <laughs> yeah, wild. Same with Pippin. Neither of these is three or six years. The Engage or Gizmondo? Oh shoot. Engage. Uh, Gizmondo. Engage was longer. Oh, which is longer? Yeah, longer. Engage. Sorry, Gizmondo was shorter. Yeah. Right? Uh, Engage was for sure longer. Only two years, okay. though. Uh, two years and four months. Gizmondo didn't even make it a year. Uh, March twenty, <laughs> oh. March 2005 to February of 2006. Uh, the Virtual Boy or the Amiga CD32? I know nothing about that Amiga, but the Virtual Same. Boy is definitely not it. So yeah, <laughs> the Amiga has lasted longer. Also the Amiga as well. Oh, Damiani's really he's Damiani's going for the win on this Nintendo one. math in his head yeah. here. Well, when they, when they, here. Just, they discontinued. Well, when <laughs> How they long did they make Virtual Boys for? Yeah. Yeah. Think of Mario Tennis, release date. <laughs> I don't know enough What else me. is going on I'll there, go, Damiani? I'll, I'll go Virtual Boy. You're not know, think it's really it. <laughs> Virtual Boy was around for 11 months. Amiga only seven. Wow. September yeah. of 93 to April of 94. So. 
I'll never forget oh. the only Virtual Boy was the it, at the Blockbuster. The local Blockbuster had Dude, it. Yeah, we, right we, there, we and rented you could it. Play it. <laughs> And I just played Mario Tennis. You had to get a parent cool. to give a credit card. That's the like, packing <laughs> game, too. That's funny. <laughs> yep. Finally, the Virtual Boy gets a win. Feels good. <laughs> From Joseph, what's good, allies? If Sony were to release PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2 this year, who should be in the new roster? Which guest characters would you love to see? Also, remember, Fat Princess, Mag, and Starhawk. Could we see any of these beloved, still totally relevant first-party multiplayer oh, titles come back? Fat princess. Out of all of those, so long. Astrobot and and yeah. Starhawk. Starhawk dude for sure. Was Starhawk was so cool. Yeah. But who's what uh, was the other one? Starhawk and Mag. Mag. <laughs> and Mag, dude, I love Mag. those. Mag. Fat princess is the only one of those that would fit a fighting game. Um, fat princess would be fun. Uh, yeah. Astro, yeah, Astro for sure. would be great. Uh, Aloy uh, would be great. Yep. 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 Um, filth. Update Dude. Kratos to have Atreus Kratos, with him. Anyone from yeah. Last of Us? It'd be, oh, it'd be yeah. rad yeah. to have yeah. old Kratos and new Kratos. It'd be fun to have them both. Yeah. Have those two yeah. go at Days each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we draw the line with Last of Us. Uh, I'd be have great Booze to play Man come in. It's like a, a move. I need your help, Booze Man. No, yeah. Clicker. Play as a Clicker, dude. Oh, sure. Clicker. Uh, Cat from Gravity Rush. Yeah. Great one. Very good. Super good. Damn. They've added a lot of good characters since that game came out. They got a game. I'm just, I'm literally like walking the PSX floor. Like, um, where am I? What do I see? MLB, MLB the show. Yeah. Miles? Oh, yeah. Miles Morales? Could you do Miles? I don't know if they could, but yeah, if they could, man, there you go. That'd be sick. What money will not, won't Marvel spend on Sony or vice versa? Mm-hmm. Damn. They got a game. That's like. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Such a such a such a good season free to play game just waiting to happen. <laughs> you know, the next Destruction All Stars, but PlayStation All Stars too. It's time for bets. Next week's bet. Tomorrow, Michael Damiani will be going online to find out about the announcement of the next expansion for Final Fantasy fourteen, which he knows probably more about than he is leading us to believe but i would like to know what would that release date be i will also accept no release date if they do not announce it michael damiani what's the release date going to be i just picked fall 2021 well okay okay um be interesting to score score. yeah okay i think they'll literally will say fall 2021 they don't say that i don't win got it got it huber When's that coming out? Uh, I looked back at the other expansions release dates, and they're all in June slash July. So I'm going to say June 29th, mistake. 2021. Such a mistake. Yeah. You're, you're, you're already wrong, Huber. I'm so ah, sorry. It's, it's there, I swear. June 29th, June 29th. I see it. Probably, I see sh- it. probably should have okay. told you a little bit of info to right. help you out. It's uh, okay. Okay. No, you got the nice spread there. You know. Yeah. Hey, it's, you might be surprised. It's uh, public info, too, so it's not, uh, it's not insider info. They made it public that everything's on a three-month delay. Got it. Starting from last year. Blood was the date. Because of COVID. I was very much in in Huber's mindset, and so I said July 17th. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. I said no date. They're not going to do it. Ooh, Jones. That that three month will translate to they're like, yeah, we don't know. We'll we'll let you know later. We don't want to iron that out right now. But if it's like We don't want to write checks we can't cash. Does that a Damiani fall, or is that a no? No. I mean, it's up to you, but I said, I think they're going to literally say fall 2021. Because they one time they did say summer, 
For Stormblood, they said summer twenty or two uh, thousand seventeen when they first revealed that at the NA event. Shadowbringers is the only one where they gave a date at the first event. Mm. Um, but this is a unique situation because we're already past where they would have revealed the new expansion. It should have happened in November. So we're all the way when they would have revealed the date. So I actually think the date is very likely to be revealed. However, because it's a unique situation, it's probably a chance they leave it to a window just to be safe. Um, also because that team, part of that team is working on 16 and I don't know how that's going to impact anything either. It's always loaded when you bring a Final Fantasy bet to a Michael Damiani podcast. Mm-hmm. Last week's bet, Control Ultimate Edition launched Tuesday, February 4th this week. What position is it? No, Tuesday was February 2nd. Launched today, I guess. What position is it? Will it be in the Xbox Series X top games list? Uh, also known as the top paid games list, because obviously it is a top paid game. Right. Ian Hank bet four. Michael Damiani bet 11. Daniel Bloodworth bet eight. And I bet five. Again, this is Xbox deciding what a top game means. Uh, there's the newest games list that you can check, but there's also the top games list, which is a fun list to check because I just checked it and it's not even on here. It's not, it's nowhere. It's not, it's not anywhere. So you're all lost. I got Hitman 3. I got Mortal Kombat XL. I got Wreckfest. It's got, crazy because it's RE3. a 3S Plus game right now. I got Cuphead. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. Yeah, maybe. Just out of spite. If you go to newest yeah. games, it's on that list. But it is not on here at all. Uh, the... I'm curious to check mine. I'm not going to like overturn you or anything. but hmm. Please overturn me. We are so <laughs> going to go with you. If it is no number points. one on there. No. If it's number five, between five and eight, we got the win. But as it stands right now on my Xbox Series X, Michael Damiani has the highest, a.k.a. the lowest bet. Oh. Giving him the win. Which, unless Blood corrects me, brings our scores to Jovial Penguins 4. <laughs> Vociferous Beavers 1. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Let me tell you about Patreon.com slash Easy Allies. I don't want to tease too much. I do like to tease. We had some meetings this week, folks. We got a fifth anniversary coming up. We have fun things, fun changes, fun updates, fun new shows, fun stuff coming to Easy Allies during 2021. 2021, I guarantee, is going to be a roller coaster year just like 2020 was. Uh, but we have been supported for almost five years now uh, because of people, obviously, on YouTube and Twitch that watch and listen to all of our stuff, but primarily on Patreon.com. Uh, so you can go to check out what is currently happening with our Patreon. You can go to check out any updates that happen to our Patreon in the coming weeks and months. And you can go there to primarily support us. It is not just you throwing money at us. It is you get uh, various rewards for all of your various forms of membership. Uh, there are lots of ways that you can get engaged with the programming that we do. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be sitting down with Ben Moore today if you get early access for this podcast two days ago if you're listening to this on Sunday <laughs> uh, for a community showcase tier, which is $10 and above where people submit art and music and videos and all sorts of stuff comments uh, that we all go through uh, and share the wonderful creativity of our community we would be nowhere without our patrons so thank you to all of them especially our shout out patrons bloodworth how you doing 
I cannot find it. it Shotgun <laughs> Farmers is on there, but I cannot find <laughs> Control. Shotgun Farmers. What is that game? What is I need to I know, know what that game is. I do not I know. need to Shotgun know. Farmers. Holy crap. Are they going to grow shotguns or are they like defending their farm with shotguns? I think defending, yeah. Maybe, maybe they grow bullets. You grow the, you grow grow the shells. Bullets. Online multiplayer shooter, Tommy Honey Shotgun Farmers. <laughs> Reloading isn't an option. No, no. Oh, it, it's like Rayman. The the characters don't have arms or legs. Nice. They shot him off um, with the shotguns. Dude, the reviews are overwhelmingly positive on <laughs> Steam. Ninety five percent. Wow. Overwhelming. This is a hyped game. And they are not sponsors for Patreon, so this is legit. This Holy is us just, crap. just being excited. Maybe next week the bet will be on Shotgun Farmers. Let me just order that real quick. Get it downloading. Okay. Blood, you're going first. I'm going after you. Damiani, you're going after me for these shout-outs. And Huber, you are going last. Shout-out to Caleb Togi Crawford, L. Fanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Dougie B., Stephen Thomason, and Nick. Shout, Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. All right. That's a podcast. Michael Damiani. You win. You get to promote any Easy Allies video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into your head. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign off and then go play Shotgun Farmers. <laughs> shotgun Farmers. <laughs> nice. Uh, you should check out uh, the newest episode of Friend Code because we sit down with Brad and Huber and talk about Resident Evil 4. Huber's got some RE4 stories I think you need to hear with some visual aids as well <laughs> that make the story uh, worth the wait if you haven't heard these before. Very enlightening, to say the least. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, some uh, some lore theories as well about the Resident Evil universe there. Uh, final word? Uh, you know... Amazon. So long, Bezos. And until next time, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Remember the like wobbly Mako? Just like blue, blue, blue. Making games is hard, huh? <laughs>